Hello and welcome to the Baggies broadcast. It's episode 29. 29. Uh, my name is Luke Hatfield. I'm joined by Matt Wilson as always. Matt, can you believe 29 episodes of the Baggies broadcast? No, I can't. And I think we should say a big thanks to all the listeners for sticking with us after 29 episodes. Um, yeah, that's very, very nice of them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've got one more this season. This is the last one, isn't it? Yeah. So you've only got to listen about 30 or 40 more minutes of us rambling on about Albion, and then you can go and enjoy your summer, watch the cricket, watch the World Cup, um, before we, all the fun game starts again in a couple of months' time. Yeah, certainly a well-deserved break for a lot of Albion fans out there. Matt, uh, did you know how many listeners we've had in total over our 29 episodes? Can you hazard a guess? I did not know, Luke. Um, oh, you want me to guess? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so was this adding up each total? Each, all so time, 30, all time, 30 all time. To, I'm going to go for maybe 25,000? You'd be wrong. Okay. And you'd be almost wrong by a fair bit. 46,400 people have listened wow. to the Baggies broadcast so far this season. The most popular episode, believe it or not, was the Huddersfield Horror Show has Pardew on the Brink. <laughs> Uh, that was that was listened to by 3,900 3, people listened to that one. Just goes to show what us Brits are like, you know, always reveling in the misery, I suppose. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. That's brilliant news. And thank you, as I just said, thank you very much to everyone who's listening. Not only Brits too, you know, 1,300 1, from the USA. 1,300 from the USA? Yeah, that's right. 600 from Australia. Wait, is this in all time or is this... This is all time. Okay, all time. Time. I thought you meant for that one episode. Oh, no, no, no. This is this is all time now. Okay. So 500 from Spain and 500 from Canada too. Oh, right. Well, hello to everybody in the USA, Australia, Spain and Canada. Yeah, feel free to invite us over if uh, if you ever want to. Uh, not, not the best weekend, was it, to be an Albion fan? It, was, it seemed very odd that... I don't know. Basically, I mean, I mean, the, the the fans that went to Sellers Park seemed to be enjoying themselves, from what well, I could see. Yeah, of course they were. I mean, the fans I spoke to after seeing, you know, there's a lot of people in fancy dress, so really did enjoy the day. But it's not how I envisaged this final day to go down. Like, given the given the run that Darren Moore had been on, given the the, the players almost resolve and fight, even though they did go down, obviously with that draw, uh, with the with the draw not coming in uh, in midweek. But I mean, it's just it just put a bit of a downer on it for me. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I don't think it. I don't think it should sully uh, what uh, Darren Moore's done in the last six weeks, and he made that point afterwards as well, saying, you know, "I'm not going to let this throw out everything we've we've done um, since since I was in charge." And whether that was a a um, a little hint towards the board for the job, I'm not sure. I think only he knows that. Mm. But um, actually, knowing Darren, it was probably just he probably just got the club's best interests at heart. Um, and he just wants to, you know, he doesn't want the, the, a final day defeat to, to be the lasting memory of, of, of his tenure, which I don't think it will be, considering what he's done, which is remarkable. You know, he's he picked up more points in six games than Pulis managed in uh, 10, or than, than Pardew managed in 18. So, um, no, I don't think it will sully his, um, his reputation or, or, or his stint in charge. But I think it was quite a fitting end, really, to what has been a dismal season. Uh, a, a pretty... I wouldn't say lacklustre performance, but I'd say, um, I wouldn't even say disjointed because they were still running around a bit, but I would, uh, I would say that there was, there was a lack of spark. There wasn't much creativity. They never really looked like scoring yeah. and uh, they just got outclassed by a much better uh, Crystal Palace team. Yeah, it had a bit of a final day feel about it, didn't it? 
It did in the first half, I thought. I thought it was a bit end of season Um A couple of players were, were, were running around a lot with like Livermore and uh, Loftus-Cheek were enjoying a bit of a good battle in there. You know, a straight shootout for who's going to go in, into, into the England squad. Yeah. Um, actually, that's, that's being announced soon, isn't it? So I'm sure... There might might be a few people listening to this already know um, that squad, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think after the half time whistle, um, you know, after the break, Palace stepped it up a bit. Yeah, they moved through the gears. Now we just couldn't deal with them. Um, Patrick van Aanholt was getting in behind at will down the left flank. Alan Neil was struggling to deal with him, and there was a few warning signs. I think uh, Zahar missed an easy chance. Townsend missed an easy chance. Uh, before the goal, um, and yeah, when the goal came, that was it really. Um, yeah. There's only ever going to be one winner, and you know, I think uh, a lot of Albion fans probably join me in in in, in you know wishing uh, credit to Roy Hodgson for the amazing job he's done at Palace, yeah. and has to be a contender for manager of the season. You know, up there with Pep Guardiola, Sean Dyche, Rafa Benitez, because you know he, he finished eleventh with um, forty four points, and. Uh, and they gave the rest of the league a seven-game uh, seven head start. So, fantastic job he's done. I mean, you just imagine what it, how different it could have been had we had, we, had Albion got rid of yeah. Tony Pulis and, and, and brought Roy back to the Black Country instead of uh, returning to Croydon. Um, but there we go. You, know, you, can't, you can't dwell on these things, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. I mean, he hadn't scored in seven games when DeVore was there. He hadn't scored, hadn't got a single point. And he's done a great job there. And it was great to see the Albion fans give him a bit of respect as well. They asked for a wave, he gave him one. Um, you know the chance of only one Roy Hodgson got applause from around the ground as well so it was nice to see that wasn't it yeah I think they, I think the Albion fans were, were singing we love Roy more than you which is quite funny so uh, yeah quite a good quite a, a nice loving for, for Roy there um, which obviously a lot of Albion fans would would, would, would agree is, is is only fitting for someone who is, is a really good manager at, at, at uh, mid-table clubs you know Fulham worked wonders with Albion did fantastic with um, and now he's doing the same with Palace and I wouldn't be surprised if they were Next season's Burnley. Yeah, you know? yeah. Although playing a different different style of football, I mean, you know, it is quite exciting as well. Although it is disciplined, but we're talking a lot about Palace. I'm sure you want to talk about Albion. Yeah, do you reckon the performance from Albion would have been a bit different if something was on the line? Yes, I do. And I think uh, Darren made that point afterwards. He said, "Look, the hangover from Tuesday. You know, it was it was difficult to 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 get the players up for the for the game after that because they were after after somehow delaying." the relegation just at that point where you start to believe it was possible yeah it then got ripped away from them so that must have been quite an emotional roller coaster for everybody to go on um you know the the, the complete depths of 6 weeks ago then slowly slowly climbing back up some with some fantastic highs like man united and spurs and then you start to believe don't you yeah and then it just gets ripped from ripped away from you and actually you know, if that game had finished a draw on the final day of the season, Swansea did lose to Stoke, yeah. and Southampton did lose to Man City. So, if that game had finished a draw, then and Albion had been a bit more fired up, then maybe they would have beaten Palace, and we could be sitting here talking about the greatest of escapes. But it wasn't to be, and uh, I think um, they felt they went down bottom as well, which um, was a bit of a kick in the teeth after what Darren's done. Yeah. But probably, and I don't think that I don't think they've been. The worst team in in the league. I think Stoke have had a pretty dreadful season, and Swansea too. But the the thing is, Albion lost to those teams, so mm. you know maybe it is fair that they've gone down bottom. Yeah, is there some pride to be taken in the fact that it wasn't a, it wasn't Albion who sealed their own fate, so to speak? They did everything they could 
to stay up and it was a result which they couldn't really affect. Is there some pride to take from that, do you think? I don't or? think so, no, because of what what went on in the 30 games before Darren took over, you know? Yeah. Um, and yes, um, you know, you look at all the stats that come out at the end of the season and you look at them and you think, how on earth did Albion go down, bottom, you know? Yeah. They lost 26 points from winning positions, more than anyone else in the league. If they held on to a quarter of those, they would have stayed up. Um, if you look at the expected goals... Um, that Albion would have finished mid-table had they scored all the goals that they, yeah. the, the expected goals that they were supposed to have scored. You know, and you do have to question the finishing, uh, especially Solomon Rondon, who I think has got the fourth worst um, um, accuracy, uh, you know, in, in, in the league for for you know someone who has a number of shots. I think it's you know an attacking player. Yeah. So you do have to, you know, Albion in, in a strange way they, they've got themselves. Um, they, they were almost this close to being a, a very competent mid-table team and having a similar se- season to last season. Um, you know, if they'd have held on to that one against Swansea, maybe they would have stayed up. If they'd have, if they'd have um, held on, to, I mean, oh, you can you can look back and think there's so many missed chances, so many late goals they conceded. Yeah. But at the end of the day, football is for ninety minutes; it's not for eighty, um, and it's about mental um, stability. As much as it is about um, physical um, attributes and talent, so you the table doesn't really lie normally, and you do get mm. what you deserve. So you know, at the end of the day, they just weren't good enough um, it, it, in the moments that really, really mattered, and uh, they paid the price for it. Yeah, when you look back at last summer, was this um, was this a case of they could have stick, stuck or twisted? They've twisted and they've gone for these for these some of the players who they've gone for, and it just hasn't worked out. Have they made that? Gamble of, you know, trying to expand this team from the classic Tony Pulis style that it was to one which is going to be a little bit more expansive, and it just hasn't worked out. Yeah, in in, in a way they have, but the Tony Pulis model was creaking, and it and it, it had it it has a shelf life, and the players that stop playing for him, and you mm. look at his results in in. Um, in the lead up to him being sacked, you know, we'd picked up ten points from twelve games that season. He hadn't won any of the last nine games. Now it might be a bit unfair to, um, so he hadn't won any of the last nine games of the, of the previous season. So, so he, I think it was two wins in twenty-one league games. Now it might be a bit unfair to um, take two se- take the results over across two seasons because they are very different beings and very yeah. different, ke- you know, very different entities. Um, but I think there were, we had reached a stage where the players had stopped had stopped playing for Pulis, um, and so I think I think we had reached that sort of natural that natural departure point. The, the fans as well had just they had enough, and it, it was divi- the club was divided under him. So I think we had reached that point. I think yes, they've been punished for for, for, for twisting rather than sticking, but. It's because they tw- it's because they twisted in the wrong way, yeah. And they went they went down the wrong route with Alan Pardew. Um, they should have gone for they sh- it was an unimaginative appointment, and they should have gone for someone a bit more, um, a bit more imaginative. And um, who knows where we might have been um, had that been the case? Um, probably, you know, probably uh, staying up by the skin of the teeth because I can't think of anybody that would have gone as bad as Pardew. So. Um, that we don't know. We're dealing in hypotheticals here, so yeah. it might be quite a bit unfair. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I think I think Pulis had run as had run his course, um, and you know, 
it's impossible to tell whether he would have kept the team up. But if you just look at the the points tally, and uh, you, you would argue maybe he wouldn't have. Yeah, you certainly do. And one man you touched on just, and one man we touched on in the post match video from from Crystal Palace on Sunday was Jay Livermore. Certainly didn't do his England chances any harm, did he? No, he didn't. And it's been a bit of a renaissance for Livermore, who I thought started really well when he joined from Hull uh, last January for £10 million. And then he sort of tailed off towards the end of last season like a lot of players did. Yeah. Um, although he, he, did, did, he did okay. And then he didn't really get going this season. Um, but he's done really well under Darren Moore. Do you think the three holding midfielders kind of harmed him a little bit? Do you think he didn't really enjoy that? I'm not too sure. Maybe. It certainly harms the team at times under Pulis. Um, but then there were times under Pardew when they were playing 4-4-2 and it wasn't the right, it wasn't the right um, formation. You know? you mm. could, you've got to tailor it for each team. I think he's flourished in this team because Darren has encouraged him to get forward more. Yeah. Uh, and he's, I think, you know, scoring the goal as well probably... Um, Gave him a bit of confidence, and he led an assist, a bit more confidence, and it, it snowballs in, in this sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, we don't actually know what, whether Livermore will be in Albion playing next season, do we? Because if he does go to the World Cup, he's an England international then, and he might he might be on the radar of quite a few uh, Premier League clubs who think, you know, we could do with a... Yeah. If we can get that, that Livermore that Albion had for the last six six games, then, yeah, he, he would be an asset. So, um, we'll be waiting to see what happens there. Yeah, you've got to sum up as well what he's going to be thinking because if he's going to the World Cup this summer, he's going to want to keep his England chances, you know, uh, as best as they can. And you know, unfortunately, playing in the Championship. Well, even if he, d- yeah. Well, even if he doesn't go to the World Cup, he, almost in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a perverse way, if he doesn't go to the World Cup, it's going to focus his mind even more. Like, oh god, I, I was in that England stuff. I need to get back into it. Yeah, I need to be playing in the Premier League. So yeah, we'll see what happens in the summer. I, I, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if a club came in for him. Yeah, how many other players do you reckon that game was a bit of a farewell for? Because you look at the, like, the likes of Kieran Gibbs, some of the other players, Nasser Chadley, one who's always linked away. Johnny Evans, of course, wasn't there, but we'll get on to him. I mean, how many players was this a farewell for? Probably quite a few, I'd imagine. Um, it's Everything's up in the air now with relegation. The vultures will be circling and they'll be trying to cherry pick the best players. On the other side of the coin, Albin cannot afford to sell everybody. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we wait and see. I think each each individual case will be different. It depends on the player, depends on the club that comes in, depends on the, on the price they offer. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a busy summer, I'm sure. And, I'll, you know, it could be a very, very different team that um, kicks off the championship season next season. Could be a different management setup as well. I mean, Darren Moore, I was speaking to the fans after the game, and I know it's one result and it's a bad result, but a lot of them were leaning towards Dean Smith after that. And you're always going to get that knee-jerk reaction after a game. But could, could it also have been a bit of a farewell for, for him as well? Because now it's hard to see him dropping back in as a coach, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I've said this to said this to you a couple of times. That has he become now such a a strong candidate for the job that actually, if it is Dean Smith, or, and we think he is the and um, he think he is the the leading candidate, um, if it is if it is um, Dean Smith, then uh, you know then is it does Darren now become a um, does he become you know a uh, uh, too strong a threat um, yeah. if he's in his coaching staff I'm not sure 
Uh, I'm not. I'm, I, I'm honestly not too sure, but um, I think that'll be between him and, and, and Dean or whoever the new man is. Um, I think what he's done by by not by refusing to um, put his name forward for the job is it, probably given him that out that he can he can yeah. he can stay at the club. Um, I think the the, the the hierarchy in the board want him to stay at the club. Whether he has his own ambitions now of being a manager, and whether he goes somewhere else to realise those ambitions, if he's not given the job, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, we should find out, you know, within the sort of next week or two. Yeah, about that, all that that would be a problem, wouldn't it, if he said, "Yeah, actually, I do want this job," because then all of a sudden you've got a new manager coming in, and then he's almost been knocked back, and it would be a bit awkward for him to stay around if he said he wanted it, and then of course didn't get it, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it would. Um, so, we'll, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, do you reckon there's any other names that we we might not have not known about, but one who's maybe fallen by the wayside? Because there's all, all this talk of Smith and Moore. Is there anyone else who you think Albion may be considering still, apart from them two? I think there will be other names, yeah, certainly in the frame. And they're, you know, they're, the border in China at the moment, speaking to the owner about, um, you know, about. Uh, about the, the the new head coach, um, but I think Moore and Smith are the, are the two main candidates that will be presented to him. Now, unless Lie decides, no, actually, well, I want to go down, go down this route. Yeah, um, which is a possibility, you know. Um, he might do that. So mm-hmm. we wait to see. Who would you have? I think I. It's th- a good question. I've consistently since the start. I, I I've said Dean Smith who ticks all the right boxes for me. Yeah, um, for a number of reasons. Plays good football. He's worked wonders with Brentford. He's a coach. He's a manager on an upward trajectory. He's got experience in the Championship. You know, he's 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 local boy. Um, he's worked with Neil Cutler before at Warsaw. Yeah, there's a number of there's a number of reasons why he ticks all the right boxes. Yeah, and but that being said, Darren Moore has as as earned the right to be a candidate and I don't think anyone would begrudge him the job if he was given it yeah and you said it's a couple couple weeks until we a decision I mean this is right at the top of Albion's priority list right yes it has to be really I mean the the only other thing that I would say is is, is, is as important is, is sorting out who the technical director is because obviously Terraneo is, is only a consultant here on a temporary basis um, is he going to stay full time is it going to be someone else coming in you know, I, I do wonder if the decision to, to, to sack Nick Hammond was actually yeah, a bit hasty and I was, was, was perhaps throwing the baby out of the bathwater a bit because right, I understand that Hammond deserves to shoulder some blame for, for the way that he, um, for his influence in, in appointing Alan Pardew. But he wanted Pardew to go weeks before he did. He realised that Pardew needed to leave and he was advising the club to do that. Mm. Um he also has a lot of experience in the championship, a, de- a decade of experience with champ- with Reading in the championship as a, as, as a sporting director. He knows that league. Yeah. I just wonder, Terranio doesn't. I just wonder whether that actually that decision was perhaps just one step too far um, by by lie. But we wait to see. You know, if they're getting someone else who does a great cracking job, then yeah, fair enough. But uh, uh, you know, I, I'm yet to be convinced by Terranio just purely because I'm not entirely sure what experience he has. Look, he may be brilliant. We'll, we, we wait and see what happens this summer. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's my only concern is that um, second Hammond and, and having to appoint this summer a head coach, a chairman, and a technical director is just giving Albion like one job too many. Yeah, certainly is all up in the air, isn't it? 
So I've got a bit of a segment prepared for you, Matt. Um, we're going with true or false here. So next season in the Championship, I'm going to give you a statement regarding next season. You're going to say whether you think it will be a true statement or a false one. So we'll start with Albion will flirt with double relegation next season. True or false? False. You reckon they've got more than enough in the, in the squad, even even if the big ones go? Yeah, definitely. They'll be all right. They're, they're, I mean, it's a tough league, don't get me wrong. But I don't. I can't see them being near the bottom of it after after what Darren Moore... Six weeks ago, if you asked me that, I would have said uh, true. But after what's happened in the last six weeks, I don't, I don't think... I don't think they'll be too concerned about that. I think they will be mid-table, maybe shooting for playoffs, and if they have a good season, going for automatic. Mm. Samfield will make more than 30 appearances next season. I hope so. Um, I know that's not an answer that you wanted. It was true or false. True or false, I hope so. I'll, I'll take hope. I'll, um, I'll take I hope so. Listen, it depends, doesn't it? I mean, Krakowiak's gone. Gareth Barry's going to go. Jake Livermore could go. Jakob could go. Yeah. Actually, midfield, gone. That's, so, um, Who else is there? Exactly. I mean, yeah, well, there'll be some purchases, don't get me wrong. But, I, yeah, I'd like to see um, Sam Mates, you know, become the player that I think he can be. Um, Looks and, capable, doesn't he? And be given that chance to shine in, in that midfield uh, area because I think he is uh, a really bright talent. So I'm, I'm going to go for true in hope. Salomon Rondon will score more than 15 goals next season. Depends where he's playing. At Albion. Oh, right, OK. Um, I will say... I'll say... If he stays, I'll say true. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, he's certainly... Uh, one who will give defenders a hard time, I reckon, in the in the second tier. Ollie Burke will play a big role next season. I don't know about that. It's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, they've spent a lot of money on him, and he hasn't. He it hasn't really, been that he much. hasn't. He hasn't been given too much of a chance. But it really depends on the manager. It really depends on whether the manager likes him or not. Yeah, that's. The, I mean, I can't. I can't I'm sorry, I can't give a, a clearer indication until I speak to the new manager. Yeah, I've got no idea. That's a fair point. Do you reckon he suits a Dean Smith style of play? I mean, he's pacey. He likes, likes to run up and down. Dean Smith does like an attractive style of football though, a fair bit of passing. Do you reckon he's got it in his locker? He can suit it? Burke is really raw as a player. and He needs he needs been, he needs his skills to be honed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's a tough call. It's a tough one. Albion will bounce back at the first attempt. I, I don't think they will. I think... I don't think they will. I think it, that that I think it could be a a season of consolidation, maybe a season of um, you know, championship, getting used to the championship. You know, yeah. we saw how other teams when they've come down, they've had to get used to it. Um, and I think it might be one of those seasons where they 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 figure in the playoffs or or, or they finish just outside the playoffs. I mean, that's that's my prediction. But listen, a lot depends on the on the playing personnel and, and who the head coach is. I mean, it could be. We could be going into the season thinking, actually, yeah, we've got a great chance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think other. If you look at what's happened in the championship recently, teams have come really close, um, like um, like Brighton. Yeah. And then they've gone up, um, almost like you could almost argue like the, the the teams that are always in there are thereabouts like Fulham, Derby. Yeah. You know, um, teams tend to come close and then go up. Mm. Um, so I wonder if actually Albion will have to have a season of getting used to what it's like um, 
and, and the different the different pressures and the different um, you know schedules and timetables and everything. Yeah. So Johnny Evans, do you reckon you could text your boss and just not turn up to work? Uh, actually, I probably. Well, I don't know. Depends. Depends on the situation. If you said you don't fancy it. Well, Johnny. I mean, this is, this situation with Johnny Evans. I mean, it's it's all it's all a bit of a fall from grace for me. It's, it really is. I mean, it, when you're, I don't like to bring up the money thing too often. You know, these players are on the money. It's not their fault. They're on the money. They are. But when you're earning money and you could just sit there and sit in the stand and watch the team, even if you're not going to feature, it just rubs people the wrong way when you when you go about it the way he has. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there are there are. There are some conflicting reports here. I mean, from what I gather, he texts the club um, either a Friday or Saturday to say he was unavailable. He had a, and then he had a a frank and an an honest chat with with Darren on the phone. Yeah. Um. About about it and uh, Darren okayed the. Uh, his decision not to be at the final game of the season. So in that situ- in that situation, him and Jakob both did have permission. Yeah. But it's, where- it's whether you think the club captain, who-, who would have been in the team, well, not in the team, but in the squad, should really be um, missing the last game of the season, regardless of whether he's injured or not. Yeah. Um, and Darren Darren told us after the game that he was injured, so we we have to take that. Um, at face value, and um, that's the third time we've had to tell you that at face value. I mean, yeah. this 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 is a this is a man who has been injured at somewhat coincidental points in season. He has been, yeah, he has been. You know, uh, the Exeter FA Cup game springs to mind. Yeah, and then, uh, there was an injury at the start of um, the season as well. Um, and I, I know in the past, you know, Tony Pulis used to say, "Look, we've got to trust Johnny on this one," but he is injured. Um, listen, it's it's been a it's been it's been a, it's probably been a quite a tough year for Evans because at the start of the season he thought he was getting a move to Man City and look at what Man City have just done and yeah. broken all the records and he could have been a part of that and instead of finishing top of the table he's finished bottom of the table so you know these people are human as well but I do. Uh, <laughs> It, 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 you do think that a captain should probably be there on the final day of the season, regardless of whether they're injured or not. It's hard to defend, isn't it? It's just hard to defend. Uh, yes. I think that's the easiest way to put it. I mean, I just don't get... If if we know he's going to leave, he knows he's going to leave because of this relegation clause, you know, £3 million he can leave for. Somewhat anyone in the Premier League will snap him up pretty much for that price. Mm. So why 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 do it this way? It just seems odd to me that you would you would do it because he's not going to be starting, judging by the the squads which Moore's picked beforehand. So why why I just why Matt why? Um, well, if it, I mean if if he was injured, I, I guess he thought he didn't need to go. Um, would there be any benefit of him going? But the fallout of not going surely outweighs the, any lack of benefit from going in the first place. It's like it's almost not. It's, it's, it's similar for, to me for the Gareth Barry thing. Why would you appear in a nightclub like when you know you're in the position you are? Why would you text saying you're not available when you could quite easily go 
turn up for 90 minutes just say oh I'm, I'm injured so I can't play but at least be there mm. it's it's I just struggle to comprehend it as a player I think you're probably right you know I mean with Jakob you can sort of understand he flew home to Argentina um, after, and, and Jakob wasn't going to be in the matchday squad at all yeah. so you can kind of understand that and I suppose ever I suppose if you if 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 you can understand that then maybe you can understand Evans going back to see his family or you know who knows what he did with his time but um I do I you know I completely understand the the, the 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 irritation and the annoyance that this has happened that he couldn't be there for the last day of the season um and yeah I it's you know he is the club captain he probably should have been there yeah. uh, and I I agree with you you know it would have been there would have been no problem had he just been there. Yeah. Um, all he had to do was just sit on the bench. That's it. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a strange one. Um, but like I say, um, apparently it was signed off by Moore, and he was he was happy with it. So there we go. Yeah. So where where do you see him going now? Do you reckon Man City will come back in for him? I mean, they've signed Laporte now. No, I can't see that. I think it probably be Leicester or Arsenal, maybe. Depends on who the Arsenal coaches, but Leicester, maybe. Yeah. Um, is he, is that, puts a bit of a sound note on his time at the club, because before this season, he was you know a model professional, wasn't he, really? Yeah, he was a fantastic player as well, yeah. Um, and it's been, it's been a, you know, you can almost chart it from the start of the season when Darren Fletcher left for Stoke and Evans was not happy. Um, and then he, he got given the, uh, the armband almost... As a plea to stay, when Man City and, and Arsenal and, and Leicester came calling, and you got to remember, the, all these clubs mm-hmm. made big made big bids for Evans, and um, I think the Man City one's probably the one that, that stings the most. Yeah, um, they and Albion rejected that, and they rejected them again in January. And look, obviously his 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 um, behaviour in Barcelona and, and arguably um, on the final on on in this occasion is not great. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I guess he probably think he probably thinks well, you're not letting me go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm not I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that you, you do have to try and understand why these people make these decisions, um, rather than just you know hammering them till to the hills. Yeah. Um, so I do I do sort of um, understand not the not the reasoning but the. Um, the, the the way that the cards fell and, and why it's led to this why it's led to this situation which obviously isn't great for anybody yeah no I think you've hit it on the head there um, a couple of questions as always we've had loads of questions come in um, for our last episode so Matt I hope you're ready to answer some of them okie dokie the first one from Matt Slater he asks what was the worst signing of the season the worst signing Daniel Sturridge yeah injury problems I mean you could have read that you could have saw that come in a good a fair while in advance you could have he has, he's had them problems for a long time now you could have but I think it was a risk worth taking I still maintain yeah. it was a risk worth taking alone I mean, the the other alternative was getting Troy Deeney on a, on a permanent deal yeah and he was refusing to have a flex down in his wages a loan deal for someone of Sturridge's um, someone of Sturridge's ability and, 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 and finishing ability more to the point which is what Alvin were desperately needing yeah I think it's a risk worth taking. And actually, I think that was one that has been, okay, yes, he's injury prone. But 
it could have gone the other way and it could have been a, a masterstroke. So I, I actually I actually do have sympathy for, for Pardew and, and Albion on that one because I think actually it's a risk that you have to take in that situation. Yeah, you'd say fortune favours a brave, it just hasn't worked out for the yeah. time, right? Yeah. Uh, Ian Hutchings, he asks, when will the re- release and retain list uh, come out? What, for the... Um... For the uh, academy, uh, well, for the academy and of contract players, including youth. Right, um, I'm not entirely sure. Probably in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, Jonathan Webster, uh, who is the player West Brom needs to retain most? Good question. Um, Craig Dawson, if they can. Yeah, there'll be a lot of interest for him. Bear in mind. Yeah, there will be. Yeah. Chris Adams, uh, if Rondon and or J-Rod leave, who do we get in? Robson Carnu doesn't look capable of plugging the goal-scoring gap. Uh, that's a good question. Um, you need someone who's got goals in the championship. Um, you just need to finish it, really. Um, yeah. I don't know. Is he on, is he on a sandster? Yeah, there, there are thousands of strikers out there. Yeah, so. it's, it's risky because you've seen players who have backfired when they've, you know, for example, Villa, Simon McCormack, and that did not work out. Didn't well. work out, yeah. So actually, buy, sometimes buying experience and, and know-how and, and, and what you think is a sure thing doesn't always work out. Sometimes buying potential doesn't always work out, as we've seen with Oliver Burke. So, you know, we'll see, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kieran, he asks, bearing in mind we haven't finished lower than sixth since 2000, do you think... The championship has changed so much that we won't come back up. It's a good, yeah, good question. Probably. I mean, as I said earlier, I'd, I'd, I would be I would be surprised if they went back up straight away because um, I think it, it it will be difficult, be really difficult. Yeah, Neil Commander kind of follows that on. Um, based on the mess that we're in, what should the fans' realistic expectation be? Should it be the playoff places? Should it be mid-table? I think playoffs. Would be, uh, I think that's a fair expectation. Would that be a great season for Albion if they if they finished in the playoffs? I think, be, I think a great season would be going up. Um, I think finishing the playoffs would, would be a successful season, and I think you can understand um, reaching that. I think you, I think, I think you'd be. I think if you went reached the playoffs and then went out, I think you you'd understand that. Yeah. Uh, ben Hemmings, he asks, assuming it is down to Smith and Moore, how far did the likes of McInnes, Appleton, and Potter get? Were any of them interviewed? Well, from what I don't, I don't think McInnes was. Um, I think I think Appleton was probably approached, and I think he he had a he was then told that he wasn't um, um, top of the list. But you yeah. know, these people have not been ruled out. So you know, it, it, we'll see what um, we'll see what happens later on this week. But um, no, I think that they've they've been sending out the club have been sending out quite a few candidates over the past few weeks. Yeah. So. Plenty of questions there for you, Matt. Uh, as always, we would ask for you to keep sending them in for next season. Of course, don't send them in now because we won't be won't be filming a podcast next week. Uh, not for a little while anyway. We'll be looking toward pre-season for that. Uh, Matt, I've got a little bit of a quick quiz for you. <clears throat> Seeing as Albion uh, have had this season, the season's come to an end now. I've got a question for you from each month of the season. Okay. So they're going to be coming at you pretty quick. Okay. Uh, feel free to give your answer if you know them and of course you can play along at home so starting in August Albion started the season well they won their first three games in all competitions but can you name the goal scorers from West Brom's 3-1 win over Accrington Stanley uh, Matt Phillips correct Solomon Rondon correct uh, Jay Rodriguez yes nailed it September West Brom's first loss of the season came away at Brighton they lost 3-1 who scored the only goal for Albion that day 
James Morrison. He did indeed. A rare goal for James Morrison this season. Not had the best year. October, Albion lost 3-2 to Man City back in the back end of October. With pressure mounted on Tony Pulis. How much possession did Albion have that game? 21%, 31% or 41%? 21%. Correct. November, Tony Pulis was axed after the 4-0 defeat to Chelsea at the Hawthorns. Can you name all of the Chelsea goal scorers that day? <laughs> Probably not. Um, I'll give you a clue. One of them scored a brace. Oh, God. Um, Hazard? Got the brace. Um, William? No. Azpilicueta? No. Fabregas? No. <laughs> Morata and Marcus Alonso. Oh, okay. Uh, December. Who did Alan Pardew draw with in his first game in charge? Palace? Yes. Nil-nil. January, Pardew's first win with Albion came against Exeter in the FA Cup. Who scored that day? Um, oh, what was the score? Uh, I just noticed he scored two goals. 2-0. Um, oh, was it Rondon and Rodriguez? It was. February, one of the most damaging defeats for Albion came as they lost 2-1 at home to Huddersfield. Who scored in that game for West Brom? I don't know. Uh, oh my goodness. At home Tuddersfield? Yes. 2 1. 2 1. I don't know. Um, Rondon? No. He's not a striker. Um, Craig Dawson. Oh, right. Okay. Craig Dawson scored in that one. What was Alan Pardew's last game in charge of Albion? March. Oh, God. I can't remember. Was it Leicester? No. No, it wasn't. It, uh, Watford. No. No. What was after that? It was a 2 1 loss. Bournemouth? Burnley. Burnley. <laughs> and April. Albion's first win for months came against Manchester United. In what minute did Joe Rod net the winner? The 83rd, 73rd, or 63rd minute at Old Trafford? 73rd. Correct. The final one, May. Uh, West Brom's win over Spurs was made more fitting given Wolves' attempts. To rile the Albion fans with a banner. What did that banner say? Bye bye, baggies, boing boing. No, it said boing boing bye bye. Boing Ooh, boing. So, well, yeah, there we go. So, uh, good laugh that was actually. Darren Moore managing to uh, quieten the Wolves fans. Very spent, funny. Spent the best part of a thousand pounds on that. Can did they? That well, wow. waste of money, dearie me. Oh well. Well, well, at least it wasn't as bad as the Port Vale fans who flew it over the Stoke ground the wrong day. Yeah, they were where they were playing. They were playing. Were they playing away or were they playing on a different day? Was it? The oh, I don't know. Oh no, they were playing away, weren't they? They were in Swansea. But they flew it over. They bet three six. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Deary me, that is shocking. You think you'd do some research, wouldn't you? That Matt pretty much wraps it up for us uh, this season. Um, Going to say a big thank you for you for featuring in pretty much every single one of these, bar the, barring the times you were away on holiday. But you're doing great over this this season, Matt. You've really so have you, Luke. So Jesus, have you, cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be back in pre-season as I've been prepared for the championship, Matt. What's been your highlight this season? Oh in, God! In a disappointing season, what's been your highlight? My, my, the two highlights that I have are Sam Field scoring against Newcastle, yeah, and Jake Livermore's goal against Spurs. Those are, the, those are the two highlights. It's absolutely, both times, just moments that really, really... I mean, the Sam Field goal just put a massive grin on my face. Unfortunately, they went on to throw that, that lead away. Mm. Um, 
Well, the Legend Livermore goal was just pure elation. So, yeah, those are the two highlights. Yeah, you know what was a big one for me? That scarf phrase, Cyril Regis. Yeah, no, that's a very good. That's a very good Hawthorne. point. That was absolutely stunning. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, you're right there. That was um, a, a very memorable day for um, quite emotional reasons. Yeah. Although the Newcastle, the Newcastle game was good as well. Speaking to some of the fans after that game, it's the first time I've seen the genuine hope amongst Albion fans that they could have stayed up. And for me, that was that was a bit of a highlight as well. Are you uh, looking forward to going anywhere next season? Any particular grounds? I'm looking forward to going to all of them, to be honest. Um, yeah, be, I think it'll be quite fun. Nice novelty. Um, I, you know, I know um, once you're down there and if you stay down there for a few seasons, it, it might the, the, the fun and the novelty wears off. But um, yeah. I think next season will be quite enjoyable, yeah. all told. Yeah. You got any holidays planned for your break? I'm going to Devon. Devon? Yes. Oh, right, okay. Not quite as flash as you were earlier this year. No. But I've got no money, that's why. Certainly enjoy the break, though, mate. Enjoy the break. After the, after after we've got a new manager, enjoy the break. Because, yeah. you know, you got to value these couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But no, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, everyone who's sent in a question, everyone who's given any kind of comment, and, of course, the people who've tuned into all the videos and coverage that we've tried to provide as well. So... Until next season, Matt, thank you. Thanks, Luke. Uh, And thanks to everyone listening. Yeah, thank you.